Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Well, it would be wonderful if today, or maybe you've started this already, but we'll just say today is the beginning of one of the most intentional, productive, and transformational years of our lives. I would love to... We're on board. Good, 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 good. We're good. All right. And so today we're going to talk about this, create the future by choosing a direction today. Create the future by choosing a direction today. Not like today, hyper, or like philosophically, like today, today, Sunday, whatever the date is, January something, 12th, 13th. I'm living in the past. But we're going to create the future by choosing a direction today in 2019. 2019, I'm living in the past. Uh, In 2019, it kind of feels like we're living in the future. Change is happening around us all the time. Um, You know, we we live in an age now where like the average lifespan is somewhere around 80, 78 to 82 ladies going to live longer than us men statistically. It's because you're intentional and you're wonderful and you're disciplined and you do the right thing. Teach us. Teach us your ways. Um, But we live in the future, and like the lifespan is longer. And that's because there are people who have determined to choose a direction in helping achieve that objective, of helping eliminate disease, of helping uh, to uh, eliminate or reduce infant mortality, to help make drinking water, safe drinking water, accessible to people. There are people who are working diligently, who have chosen a direction in their lives and devoted their lives to something that have helped contribute to a bigger overall picture of something like that. We're getting uh, close to the point where we'll never have to drive again, which I'm excited about. Right? And there's people who have like devoted their lives to making cameras that go on cars. There's people who have devoted their lives to writing software to make that possible. There's people who are thinking about, okay, well, people don't have to face out the front window anymore. What will the car look like on the inside? What will this mean for our roads? And they're working on those problems. There are people who are helping us move in a direction as a society. And there are a lot of people who have chosen a specific narrow niche, little thing, one specific area and helping us achieve those things. And in the same way, you and I are people who are called to be specific about the things that we will focus in on in our lives personally and in our lives missionally and the world around us to become the people that God has created us to be and to do the things that God has created us to do. And so today we're going to talk about creating the future that God has called us into by choosing a direction today and setting 2019 on a path toward intentionality. Now transformation is central to the Christian life. We are called to be people who are being transformed. And we are called to be people who are transforming the world around us. Two types of transformation. There's personal transformation that we see in Ephesians chapter 4. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, 
to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Personal transformation, that we would be submitting ourselves to the process of refinement, letting go to the pieces of us that do not look like Jesus, to the pieces of us that are not people of peace and goodness and hope and the fruit of the Spirit. And in the same way we're called to personally transform, we're called into the process of transforming the world. This, this picture, this prayer of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The idea of being part, an active part of the process of transforming the world around us to look more like heaven. That we would live on a planet of peace, and that we would contribute to that through our words, through our actions, by the way we treat one another. That we would be part of uh, doing the things that we are called to do as Christians, to care for those who need to be cared for, to care for the orphan, to care for the widow. That we would be people of generosity. And through those actions, transforming the world. So there's the process of personal transformation. There's the pro process of transforming the world around us. God has called us as his people to be people who are committed to transformation. And one of the things that I think I carried for a long time in my life was the idea of arrival. That one day I would arrive at the place of being transformed. That I would kind of be at a place where it's like, okay, I've been working toward this thing and now I've achieved that thing. I've accomplished that thing. I've mastered that thing. And certainly there are chapters in our lives where we come to a new place of understanding or we eliminate old habits or we transform the way we behave or the way that we speak or we engage on a mission and we achieve some of the pieces or components of that mission. But every time we come to a place in our lives where we've achieved or experienced something, what we need to, I think, understand and what I think I've learned through the process of living is that those things aren't the end of the book. Those things are the end of a chapter. And then there's another chapter that's starting. And if we're going to be people who are continually transforming, who are continually becoming the people that it is that God has created us to be, and if we're achieving the things that God has called us to do on the face of the planet, it will be an ongoing, eternal, ever engagement of the process of that transformation. And so today I want to call us to a place of saying and understanding that transformation is central to the Christian life. And it's an ongoing process where we continue to kind of level up in our lives as we allow God to transform us and do a transforming work inside of us. And here's how it happens. Transformation happens as we focus on one small bit at a time one small piece at a time. And that brings us to what we're doing this morning that we've done the last few years, this idea of washer Sunday. I've carried these washers around on my keychain. Oh, and there's one missing. Oh, seriously, there is. Where did it go? I just looked at these yesterday. If you find my washer, let me know. My word, it was not found. It's, it will say, let's see, beauty, own it. There was one in between. The one in between was exposed. So there's a, <laughs> there's a washer floating around here with the word exposed on it. And here I am, exposed before you, open and honest, that I have lost it. 
Um, but transformation happens as we focus on one small bit at a time. And that's one of the things I've loved so much about this process is that for me over the last few years, as we have called each other to this idea of like, what does the Lord want to do in your life this year? It gives us an opportunity to focus on one small bit at a time. A couple years ago, my word was beauty. And, and I think for me, I grew up kind of afraid of the idea of beauty, that it was superficial, that it was throwaway, that it was in some way a liability. And I wanted to spend a year of my life pursuing things of beauty and creating moments of beauty and focusing in on that word because I recognized that in my life, I hadn't allowed myself to fully be grateful for the beautiful things that happen around us all the time here on this earth. And then the next year was that word exposed. And I felt like, you know, it's so easy for us to hide behind a lot of things as people. And for me, I knew in my life, in that season, God was calling me to say, all right, you have to be somebody who's willing to take the risk of being open and honest to expose yourself to people in the best of ways, in the right way. Um, and then last year, uh, my phrase for the year, not a word, was own it. Because there were a lot of environments where I would walk into. I was beginning to realize there were environments that I would walk into. And I was afraid to let my voice be heard or let my voice be known. There are a lot of environments where I walk into and I know kind of like people have given me permission to kind of be in charge of that environment. And I walk into those environments and I'm totally fine operating in those environments. But there are other environments when I walk into and I don't know the people. I don't know my role in the room. And so I just sit on the sidelines and never offer the things that I think God has put inside of me to offer to those environments. So the idea was like owning it this year. How can I own the permission that's been given to me when I walk into a room and participate from a proactive place. And so for me, focusing in on these very small bits, sometimes I forget about them and sometimes I'm really good at remembering them. Sometimes last year I'd walk into a room and still be totally sheepish and not offer in a helpful or positive way. But because I was carrying this with me, because I had spent time at the beginning of the year focusing on this question of like, what is the small thing that ultimately will be really big as it transform and transforms in my life? What's the specific thing that this year I can focus in on that will help transform who I am and the way I interact with and react to the world. Transformation happens as we focus on one small bit at a time. And I think that sometimes we're reluctant to say, you know what, I'm not going to define anything. I'm not going to decide on anything. I'm not going to focus in on anything because there's so much I could do. If I focus in on the one thing, I won't do all the other stuff. Well, I, I think I have learned, and I think that there may be other people in the room who would say, if we never focus in on one thing, we never end up doing anything. Because there are so many options, and we can hop from one thing to another one day after the next, and never really go deep on anything because we're staying surface on everything. And so today, as we think about this idea of like, Lord, what are you calling me to this year? Maybe some of you in the room today are saying, I don't know about focusing in on one thing because there's so many things. And I completely agree with you. There are so many things. But today, I think if we are willing to sit with the Lord and ask, what is it that you have for me this year? What do you want to transform in me? What do you want to use me to transform in the world? and we focus in on that thing throughout the year, it will bring so much fruit. You may not believe this, but I think anyone can complete a marathon. 
caveat, it might just take a lot of small steps and a ton of time. So eventually you can go 26 miles or however long it is, 2, 26.2, is that right? Marathon runners in the room, 26.2, right? And, and it's this idea of like, oh my goodness, it feels so overwhelming to think about that thing way down the road. And because it feels so overwhelming, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing because I don't even know how to start. But the only way we start, the only way we endure, and the only way we come to the finish line is because we're willing to be people who are engaged in the process, taking small steps over the, the fullness, the, whole, the totality of our lives. And it leads us to this idea, this reality, that the key to transformation is perseverance, which I think is one of the beautiful parts of this idea of choosing one small specific thing and committing ourselves to it for a year. How many of you have ever started something and given up before you've completed it? Raise your hand if that's true for you. If you are not raising your hand, I would say it's because maybe you've never tried to start something. Because I know that there are millions of things in my life where I, I tried to start them and, uh, and never finished them. It actually brings us to mind. I'm going to share this, and I hope it's not embarrassing for you, Mom. Um, <laughs> but there's kind of like this running joke. My mom had a craft room in our garage um, and it was kind of this running joke that there were like all these craft projects all in the room that were like three quarters completed, like a needlework cross-stitching thing that was like almost done, but still in the, the wooden thing that you do to stretch the fabric or whatever it is that it is, right? And how many of us have those projects that are like three quarters done? I think we all have those. Or those ideas that were churning inside of us and, and we started it, but we got tired of it or we got bored of it or it became too difficult. And so we stopped. And so this idea of choosing one specific thing and giving ourselves to it repeatedly, one small step at a time, over the course of time as we persevere. Hebrews 12 talks about this in the context of our faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in this sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And Jesus was called with this ultimate mission of coming and sacrificing himself for us, but it was a lifelong mission. Not only was it a lifelong mission, it was a daily mission. It was one day at a time, one relationship at a time, one conversation at a time, one person at a time. And all of us are called to focus in where we are and the things that God is calling us to here and now so that we can, over the totality of our lives, become the people that God has called us to be and do the things that he's called us to do. Um, yeah. So what direction will you choose for 2019? Will you focus in today? Will you lo laser focus in on today? And as we were talking about this um, this week in the message and talking to Daniel and Ryan about it, 
And it's this idea of choice. And in the context of church, I think we start asking this question of like, okay, well, who's choosing? Like, is God choosing this and he's telling me about it? Or am I choosing this and this is my thing? Are there some sort of like crossover? And it brings us to this question of God's will that I just want to take a second to talk about. So I think for me, what I've learned about God's will is that God has set out for us some very specific and clear things in our lives. He has called us to be people of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He's called us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He's called us to care for those who need to be cared for. He's called us to be people who welcome others in. There are things that God has called us to do and people that God has called us to be. And in the context of God's will, I think that's God's will for us. And one of the beautiful things about being in relationship with God is that he calls us to walk alongside of him with freedom of choice. That in so many ways, God has said, here's the big idea. Here's the big picture. Here's what I'm dreaming for the world. What do you want to do? It's not God's will for you to be immobilized for the fear of getting it wrong. And how many times have we sat stationary or we sat stagnant because we're just saying, I'm afraid to get God's will wrong. And God is saying, hey, here's, here's who I want you to be. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to be a person of peace and love and joy and hope and faith. And you're like, hey, this year I want to focus in on peace. And like, God's like, great, you be a person of peace this year. I'm all on board with you being more of a person of peace. And so God has laid out for us these big ideas, and we, in the context of them, have the opportunity to say, Lord, I want to be refined in this area of my life this year. And unless you hear something specific, God has given you tons of freedom to make choices. There are certainly examples where God has appeared to people in the pages of Scripture and said, you do this right now. And they go and they do it, and it's very clear to them that that's what God wants for them in that season and in that time. But how I think more often, and actually most of our lives, are the process of saying, God, I know what you want. God, you want me to be a person who delivers the goodness of your spirit into the world. You want me to be a person who loves my neighbor. You want me to be a person who uh, is kind to others. Like we know the characteristics of God. We know from the pages of scripture who he wants us to be. We know that God desires the realities of heaven on earth. And then God gives us a ton of freedom in the context of that to make choices in the direction of accomplishing those things. For me, I struggled a lot with this idea of like, what does God want for my life? What is God's will for my life? And I have struggled with that at many times throughout my life. And I remember like there was this season in my life where like I was playing a lot of music, but I also loved writing. And I, there's like, there were like five or six things where it was like, I really love doing all of these and I don't know which one I'm supposed to do. And in the context of that, just coming to a place of realizing that God gave, has given me freedom to do all of them or to do none of them or to do one of them. And it was this idea of saying, like hearing, hearing the reality that for me it was, Cole, you need to find contentment 
in what it is that you have chosen as opposed to finding constant discontent in the things that you're not doing. And this idea of God's will and God giving us freedom to choose in the context of the plan that he's laid out and finding joy and contentment in the context of the things that we are doing as opposed to finding discontentment in the things that we're not doing. So I want to encourage us in these three ways today, these three areas of transformation. And so as we think about this idea that like God has called us to transformation, what are we going to focus in on this year? I think there are kind of these three broad categories, and there may be others, but I think most, mostly for most of us, they fall into these three broad categories of transformation. Personal transformation, missional transformation, and relational transformation. So personal transformation is the process of refinement that happens as we focus in on who we're created to be. For me, this was my word exposed in 2017. Like God was saying, hey, Cole, you're created to be someone who's okay being who he is in the, in the context of the world around him. Like you need to get over the fear that you have of making stuff and putting it out in the world for people to see. And it was this process of like me overcoming some of, the, of my own hangups and some of the own fears that I had inside of myself. Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will move, remove from you, uh, remove, remove from your heart of, sorry, remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And it's this idea of moving from who we were to moving into who God has called and created us to be, personal transformation. Missional transformation is the process of more fully stepping into what we're created to do. What we're created to do. I think of somebody like Scott Harrison who started Charity Water. And Scott was the a club promoter in New York City, just kind of living his life, living for himself. And he came to this point of despair where he was like, all of this feels so empty. And so he went on a hospital ship off the coast of Liberia for two years. And when he came back to New York City in 2006, he said, I have to do something about some of the things I, I have seen. And one of the things that he saw was tons of people who had no access to clean drinking water. And Scott was like, I'm going to devote the next season of my life, however long that might be, to helping give people around the world access to clean drinking water. So specific. And now in the last 12 years, they have delivered, uh, they have dug wells that now deliver clean drinking water to eight and a half million people around the world. And it was because Scott was willing to say, I'm going to focus in on one thing as the result of the things that I've seen in my experience in the world. And over the last 12 years, they have radically changed the lives of eight and a half million people. And that came from his willingness to focus in on mission, to have a missional transformation in his life. Going from saying, I'm just creating fun things, but ultimately it's empty, to then going out on this ship where he learned so much and his eyes were open to the realities of the pain of so many people in the world. And now he has come back and in the last 12 years radically transformed the lives of eight and a half million people. So there's personal transformation, there's missional transformation, and there's relational transformation. Relational transformation is the process of connecting more deeply with those around us. More deeply with those around us. Um, a couple weeks ago, Ryan was speaking, and he gave this quote from Cornell West, and I've carried it with me the last few weeks because I think for me it's informing 
this next year of my life. And, and the quote was this, justice is what love looks like in public, just like tenderness is what love feels like in private. And it's this idea, like for me, where I, I'm a person of justice, like I love fighting for people. I love seeing like right, wrongs righted. I love justice. But this other half of love, of like being tender and open to other people, I struggle way more with it. Because justice for me feels easy. And there's a lot of people in the world where justice feels really hard. But there's also a lot of people in the world where tenderness feels really easy. And for me, that's really difficult. And so I, I feel like in hearing that quote and thinking over the last few weeks, like that's the thing that the Lord is calling me to, this idea of relational transformation about just being more open to people and taking a breath and welcoming tenderness and exhibiting and embodying that in my life over the next year. And in thinking about that, I think I've thought a lot about this idea of love, and we talk a lot about love, and in the context of relationship, we talk a lot about love, and we have this idea of, like, God loves us unconditionally. And that's so special, like, the grace and mercy of God does something in Him where He loves us unconditionally. And I've been thinking about that idea in the context of human relationships, and we often carry that idea over into human relationships. And because we are human, we are worthy of love. Because God created us, we are worthy of love. But you and I both know that sometimes we're people who are hard to love, right? And we carry that idea of like, well, God loves me unconditionally, shouldn't everybody else? And in some level, that's true. Like, we are worthy of love because we're valuable and created by God. But I, I've been thinking about this. Sometimes we need to transform, not so that people will love us, but so that they can love us. And so not that we would transform in ourselves, not that we would transform the world, not that we would transform in our relationships to win the approval of other people so that they will love us. But I know that there are things in my life, there are walls that I've built, there are habits that I have that make it really hard for people to love me. And in the process of transformation, sometimes we need to transform not so that people will love us, not that we're doing it from a place of desperation to get the love of other people, but so that they can love us, so that we can open up to other people so that we can get rid of some of those habits that make it really difficult for other people to be in relationship with us. And I think once we're willing to understand that sometimes it is hard for people to love who we are, and we don't change so that they will love us, but we change so that they can love us. I mean, there have been times in my life where I've put my hands up like this because of my own fears, and I've prevented people who wanted to love me from loving me. And the willingness for me to just allow transformation to happen in my own heart, and my own life, transforms me in such a way that it makes it easier for other people to love me. So everybody understand the difference? Because I think it's really important. I don't want us to go out of the room today thinking what I'm saying is that we need to change so that people will love us. Not at all. You're worthy of love, and God loves you and cares for you. But there are things that can be transformed in our lives that allow us to take down our defenses. 
so that people can connect with us more deeply and so that ultimately God can connect with us more deeply because we put those same fences up around our hearts and around our minds and around our lives. And it's not that we would transform so that God would love us. It's we transform and that allows God, allows us to receive the love of God more. So these ideas of transformation, personal transformation, missional transformation, and relational transformation, I think a lot of us will this week and this year probably enter into some sort of specific around one of those three areas. So why transform? Well, first, you know, we started today talking about God has called us to do that. God has called us into transformation personally, and God has called us to transformation when it comes to uh, being people who transform the world around us. But ultimately, transformation helps us live a full life by connecting us more deeply with ourselves, with our purpose, and with those around us. As we transform, it awakens us to the fullness of life. And we can meander through life. We can medicate through life. Or we can be intentional in life and live into the fullness of the things that God has called us to and created us for, both with understanding and knowing ourselves, with us living out our purpose, and in, connection, and in connecting with those around us. It's important to understand the value of transformation because it's important for us to understand this because transformation happens, I think, oftentimes in correlation with the amount of discomfort we're willing to experience. Transformation happens in correlation with the amount of discomfort we're willing to experience. This is one of the reasons I love going to the gym because there is no more direct representation of this truth than exercise. <laughs> right? There's no more direct representation of this idea than exercise. Transformation happens in correlation with the amount of discomfort we're willing to experience. I could literally go to the gym every day and like get on the elliptical and put everything on one, like the lowest setting, and just go as slow as I could. And that's easy and I could do it all day long, right? The truth is, I don't do any cardio, so <laughs> I, need, I need to live into this, right? Or I have in the past gone to the elliptical and like put it on eight, you know, and done it for a little while at varying lengths of time. And it's gross and it's sweaty and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun. And I can't see my heart, so I don't know how healthy or unhealthy it is, out of sight, out of mind, right? But transformation happens in correlation with the amount of discomfort we're willing to experience. And easy representation when you go to the gym or talk about exercise. But the same thing is true for us in our lives. As we transform ourselves, as we transform our relationships, as we transform the world around us, it's not going to be easy. And so as we move into this year, I think we should expect moments of failure. We should expect road bumps. We should expect for it sometimes to be boring, and we should expect sometimes for it to be difficult. Transformation is uncomfortable. Transformation isn't easy. And why even bring this up? Like, we just said a really nice thing. Transformation helps us live a full life. But I think it's important for us to also accompany it with this truth, because when we think it's going to be easy, we're more likely to give up sooner. 
But when we expect it to be difficult, we're more likely to be endure, to endure. Galatians chapter 6, again, in the context of faith and the harvest. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And in the context of that passage, it's specifically talking about evangelism. But I think that truth is true all the time in most of the things that we do. Let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So today I want us to focus in. I want us to narrow in. And then this year I want us to endure I want us to persevere so that we can come to the other side of this year, so that we can come to December 2019, having been people who are transformed personally or have been transformed in our mission or have been transformed in our relationships. And I think any one of those affects the other ones. It's all tied together. God has called us to transformation and ultimately it helps us live a full life, but it's not going to be easy. There's a a clipboard and a piece of paper under your seat. would love for you to pick that up. And maybe you've been thinking about this. If so, awesome. If not, that's okay. I want us to start by just taking a minute or so to ask that question. Lord, what is the thing this year for me? What can I narrow in on? What can I focus in on? What's my word or phrase for the year? Where am I being called to transformation? So I want us to think about that. If you know it already, just go ahead and write it on that piece of paper. If, uh, if you don't, take some time to think about it. Listen. God, we want to be people who are engaged actively in the ongoing process of transformation. So in this time, as we listen, may you speak to us. May you lead us and guide us. And may we know the freedom that you've given us to make choices and decisions in this time. If you have something very specific for us as individuals, God, say it to us. We're open. We're willing to hear that specific thing as well. So go ahead and write that word or that phrase down um, if you know it or as it comes to your mind, heart, and spirit. I'm going to lead us through a few other things. And if you don't have the first thing yet, that's okay. But if you do, let's move into this next piece. So that word is a word for the year. And a year might feel like a long time to us. So I want us to back up. So if that word or that phrase looks like uh, a year from now, that we're living into that thing, what might six months from now look like? What are some things that halfway through this year we hope are true about us in the process of embodying this thing or idea? So in July of this year, what might it look like to be halfway through the process of transformation in this particular area? And now let's back it up to this week. In the next seven days, what are the things that we can do to begin the journey? What are the first few steps that we can take in a very realistic and practical way? What is something or two things or maybe three things that you can do this week to start the journey 
of transformation in this particular area. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.